God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, 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 you. Oh, yes, oh, yes, and even you. Welcome. Welcome, one and all. Welcome to the Midweek Power Nugget, where if you got give God 15 minutes. Matter of fact, God doesn't even need 15 minutes if you just give God a moment. He could take that moment and change the rest of the moments of your life with his word. So grateful to God that he has given us another moment, another opportunity, another morning to be in his presence. Absolutely nothing you could have done could have earned you this. It is only by the grace of God that you live, that you move, that you have your being. Let us talk to the Lord. Father, we bless you today and we give you honor. We bless you, O God, because you are worthy to be praised. You're worthy of the glory. You're worthy of our hallelujahs. You're worthy of our thanks. You're worthy even if we're dealing with a situation that we feel as though is not worthy. You are worthy. And, God, we pause now to give your name praise. God, we thank you. Because without you, we are nothing. We are absolutely nothing without you. And so, God, because of you, we are who we are. And, God, we desire to be more like you. We desire to look more like you, sound more like you, walk more like you. And the only way to do that is to know you through your word. God, we thank you for your word on today. We thank you, God, because it speaks to us, every situation of our life, it speaks to us. It is your word that grows us deeper in you. It is your word that stretches us to be more like you. It is your word. Now, God, as we listen to your word today and as we hear of what it is that you're saying to us, God, let us not miss it. Let us not think it doesn't apply to us. But, God, as we hear your word, God, help us to say, how do you want me to apply your word? Because, God, your word is applicable. The grass may wither, the flowers may fade, but your word is the only thing that will stand the transitions of time. So, God, thank you. Thank you for this precious word. Thank you for the ability to be able to hear your word. Thank you for those that have dialed in to hear your word. I pray a blessing over those who have not dialed in to hear your word. And, God, I speak to their uh, uh, very being, their, their, their spirit, man. God, that they may hunger and thirst for your word before it's everlasting too late. We love you now and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we just bless the Lord for each and every one of you that have taken of your time to dial in to hear what the Lord has to say. On this morning, we're going to go to Genesis, the 32nd chapter. Genesis 32. For some of you all, you've heard the story before. We're going to start at verse 22. Genesis 32, starting at verse 22. And reading from the New American Standard Bible, it reads as follows. Now he, and you'll find out who he is in a minute. Now he arose that same night 
and took his two wives and his two maids and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and he sent across whatever he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh so that the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with them, with him. Then he said, let me go, for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. I'm going to read it one more time, and this time I'll read it from the, I'll read it from the message. Reading it from the message again. Always reading from a different version to make sure that we understand the context and the application of the story. Again, Genesis 32, starting at verse 22. From the message, it says it like this, But during the night he got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He got them safely across the brook along with all of his possessions. But Jacob stayed behind by himself. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as he wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. The man said, let me go. It's daybreak. Jacob said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. The man said, what's your name? He answered, Jacob. The man said, but no longer. Your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, it's Israel. God wrestler. You've wrestled with God and you've come through. Jacob asked him, what's your name? The man said, why do you want to know my name? And then right then and there, he blessed him. Jacob named the place Peniel, God's face, because he said, I saw God face to face and lived to tell the story. The son came up as he left Peniel, limping because of his hip. And the word of the Lord is blessed. So this morning, I just want to chat with you for a while. Don't let the limp fool you. Don't let the limp fool you. And if you want to give it a subtitle, because you don't like that one, let's just declare to ourselves, I will prevail. I will prevail. So you've heard the story before about Jacob wrestling. These uh, versions called it, um, called him a man, but the King James Version calls him an angel. Well, he calls him a man as well, but we always talk about him wrestling with an angel because, in essence, uh, he was wrestling with an entity, a being that represented God. 
And so to understand the backdrop of the story, to understand why Jacob sent all of his possessions and all of his people and got them away from him and he stayed by himself, is that this is after Jacob leaves his father-in-law and he takes his wives with him. Remember Rachel and Leah. Um, he uh, leaves um, Laban, that was his father-in-law, and takes some of his uh his cattle, uh, some of his sheep, um, whatever it is that uh, God blessed him with as he worked for Laban. Remember, he and Laban had this thing going where they were tricksters to each other, if you will. Um, but God started to bless um, Laban, or excuse me, Jacob. And so Laban thought that he was being a shyster. Um, and so he told him, look, we can't be on the same land. you got to go away. But also you have to remember that this is the same Jacob who um, tricked his brother Esau out of his birthright. Okay? So because of that, um, when Jacob was going back, he was hoping, okay, Esau wanted to kill me once our father died. Um, remember, his, his father is Isaac. Um, and that's where he got the birthright from. And so after Isaac died, Esau set out to kill Jacob. So Jacob, that's the reason why he had to flee. And in the process of that, met his two wives, so on and so forth. But now that he's left Laban, he's now having to go back. And he figured, you know what, it's been all this time. Maybe Esau's cooled off. I'm going to go back. All right? But... As he went back with his men, as he went back with his uh, servants and all of that, they went ahead of him and he found out through his servants that Esau was coming to meet him. He got word that he was coming back and he was coming to meet him and he had a small army with him. Now, I don't know about you, but if I knew that I had done something so uh, dreadful as uh, tricking someone out of their birthright. I don't know whether I would have looked upon that favorably either. So Jacob started to uh, plan, strategize, said, I don't want to lose everything. So I'm going to send half of my flocks and herd with some of my servants one way. I'm going to send the rest of them the other way. And so then he tried to rest and he couldn't rest. So then he ended up sending his wives, his maids, his 11 children across the Jabbok, across the, the river, which then left Jacob by himself. And I would imagine, like many of us, Jacob had to sit with the things that he had done. He had to sit with the um, the trick that he played on his, his older brother. He had to sit with the situations that he had to deal with being tricked by his father-in-law. He had to sit with all of that. And while he was sitting with it, while he was there in the middle of the night, the Bible talks about how he ended up wrestling, we're going to say it, wrestling with God. 
And many of us have been told, you don't argue with God, you don't mess with God, you leave all that alone. But here is an instance where Jacob needed to walk into a situation and he ended up wrestling with God. Guess what? We should not back down from wrestling with God. Many of us dealing with situations, circumstances, and we know we know God is, is calling us to do certain things, causing, calling us to go certain places, calling us to talk to certain people. And as opposed to us not doing anything, or opposed to us kind of going face-to-face with God saying, okay, God, we're we going to have to talk about this. We're going to have to, to, to work with this. We don't do anything. We cower in a corner or we just sit still or we go mute. We stay silent. But you all, we wrestle with God. There's nothing wrong with wrestling with God. Because if you see, the Bible says that Jacob wrestled and he was not letting go until he got something from God. You all, what are you dealing with? What are you expecting from God? It's nothing wrong with wrestling from God. When we struggle with God, nothing comes between us and God. We have to stand on our own in God's presence. Just like we're going to stand alone on Judgment Day. When we wrestle with God, when we, we, we toy with God in trying to make these decisions, it's got to be one-on-one. It's got to be face-to-face. It's got to be hand-to-hand. Nobody else there with us. Nobody else can struggle with God for us. We've got to be in there. And we can't let up. Don't just, okay, well, uh, never mind. And then you stop the struggle and you walk away. Matter of fact, it is the one that represented God that said, let me go. We've been doing this all night long. Let me go. And Jacob took a stand and said, I will not let you go until you bless me, unless you bless me. You all, we have to understand this. We, when when we struggle tussle with God, he meets us where we are. And we should wrestle with God when we're feeling afraid about something. God, I don't know about this thing that you're asking me to do. Okay, it's uncharted waters, but go ahead. Wrestle with him so that you're making the right decision. Get in there with him. When you need to Make good with somebody who you fell out with before. God, I ain't trying to do that. God, why are you making me do that? Wrestle with God. When you're becoming a new person, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So you're going to struggle with those old habits, the old you. Wrestle with God. And when you wrestle with God, Do it face-to-face. Make it up close and personal. Hold on for dear life. Don't you let go. And make sure you're holding out for a blessing. You can't struggle with God and not come out unchanged. Jacob came out with a limp. 
I pray when you continue to struggle with God, you come out changed. Let's pray. Father, we bless you and we give you reverence today, God. Father, we don't want the limp to fool anybody. Not that we came out and lost, but I hope it's because we come out changed and we won in wrestling with the Lord. God, I pray that as we go with God today face-to-face, God, that we will come out victorious and prevailing because we chose to wrestle with God. God, be with us as we walk today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. Have an amazingly God-blessed day. In Jesus' name.